Welcome to the Football Thunders Pod, uh, uh, a show sponsored by Let Us Talk, the Mental Health Football Club. Uh, I think that's right, Dan, isn't it? I've got that right, have I? Yeah, you've got that bang on. Good. One take, Finch. And, of course, <laughs> our other sponsor, the Proper Blokes Club. Uh both uh, groups helping uh, mental health. Uh, Proper Blokes Club, obviously aimed at the men, walking mental health, but let us talk mental health. Uh, Jamie Leggett and the guys playing football and talking about mental health. Uh, that's the way it works. Uh, good evening to Dan Finch, who's smiling because One Take Finch has not done it again. <laughs> Hello, peoples. Uh, we really need to do the outtakes for this and how many attempts it takes me to get the intro right. And Ryan's with us. Good evening, Ryan. Hello, one and all. Unbelievably, there's one professional broadcaster here, and he's the professional broadcaster is the one that keeps screwing it up every time. Never mind. Uh, coming that's up why we tonight, haven't had him for two weeks. Uh, that's because I've been busy. Uh, <laughs> coming up in uh, this show, uh, we'll be looking at, uh, well, a bit of self-interest here, because myself and Dan are both Charlton fans. Um, it was going to be a rant tonight, because if Nigel Adkins was still in a job, it was going to be a rant. Uh, Adkins uh, has gone, um, relieved of his duties, and Johnny Jackson is caretaker manager with Jason Newell as assistant. We'll look at that situation and why, why, how we got to where they are. Uh, what well, has the, the owner been a little bit naive, uh, and what needs to be done at Charlton to improve the situation? We'll look at Newcastle again, still haven't um, appointed a manager yet, but they have finally sacked Steve Bruce. Uh, or got rid of him. Uh, who are the favourites for the job? And then we're going to go through the list. Dan Dan does, probably doesn't know where it is because we had a little discussion. I've, we've got a list of football managers out of work, Dan. And we're going to go through that list and see if we can find jobs for them. That'd be a, that'd be a giggle. And yeah, that sounds good. And FM Twenty Two is uh, out uh, as we speak. Uh, as we're recalling this, Dan is about to start downloading the beta version and I won't be far behind. So um, that's it. So it's first and foremost. Uh, and if you've got anything else, Ryan or Dan, at the end, just tap it on. We've got time. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention to Charlton. Charlton played uh, Tuesday night and got done. Um, Dan, you were there. Uh, I I was surprised, even though he's got a season ticket, that you went because, dear Lord, it's not easy going to watch Charlton this season. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I went quite basically, people. I had a really bad day at work, and I thought the only thing that could make this better was by going to Cholton. <laughs> um, if you if you can work that one out, feel free. I still don't understand now why I made that decision. But, yeah, listen, um, thing, things just didn't work uh, for him at Cholton. I think we saw it from this season. He had a good end to last year. But, um, again, and it's something that we've mentioned before, when I think me and Ryan on one of our live, our first live stream, I went on a bit of a rant. Um, if you cannot change your tactics, you should not be a football manager. And his persistence to play 4-2-3-1, and apparently, I don't know how true it is, apparently Jane Stockley was heard shouting at him, find a better system or something on Tuesday night. And uh, his, exact words, captain, his exact words were, and I've had it corroborated by someone today, find a fucking system, will you? He really wasn't happy. Uh, yeah, that's genuinely that's true. The, he said that's that. That's the team's captain. That's the guy that's on the pitch with the captain's armband. He's telling you, the manager, your system is shit. You're, you're finished. And I would think with uh, the owner, Thomas Sangard, sitting in uh, a couple of rows, about 20 or 30 rows back in the director's box from that area where the uh, dugout is, and the amount of fans that were at that game, there's every possibility that Sangard heard that. And 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 I think that that's that's your big problem. No plan B. Yeah, I think that's. But isn't that again like every good manager should have a plan B ready? You should have the players trained in. For my opinion, you should have the players able to play more than just one system that you can make a change and they fit the system. And because if you look at our squad on paper, for those that haven't, go and have a look. Um, it should be top it's six. Not, it's, it's a very good squad overall. When we've seen there's moments of individual brilliance for, for whatever reason, that formation doesn't seem to work. I have my opinion. I think if you're going to play Jane Stockley as a big man, you need to get people around him. He refused. Um, 
and that's that's basically cost him his job in my opinion um and then as i said when you're the person who you've given the captain's armband on has turned on you on the pitch you're finished if you are playing someone like Jaden stockley he can't be up there on his own i know he had a a couple of men uh wide but if you're going to play a player like Jaden Stockley, you need another striker alongside him who's going to poach, who's literally just going to feed off of him. Because if you look at classic strike formations, you look at uh, throughout the in football, uh, just look at um, Sunderland, Ke- uh, Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips. Big man, little man. Uh, Lineker and Beardsley. Lineker were, Beardsley would do the donkey work. and It wasn't the same. They wouldn't lump the ball up to Lineker, but... but uh, Beardsley would create and Lineker would score. But you need a combination. And, and everyone's going with this lone striker rubbish. And I think, terrorise, make the defence work. Put two men up them and have a couple of wingers supplying them. Big man knocks the ball down, the little fella's feeding off of it. If you're going to play a big player. if I mean, we had Charlton, I'll tell you where we had it, we, really, and he shouldn't have done it, but Jan Kermigan and Bradley Wright-Phillips. How many times there were long balls sent up to, to, to Jan Kermigan? Not the tallest player, but he was great in the air. And, and sometimes uh, I find that can be... A bit of a cop-out, really, football-wise. That Oh, yeah, just lump it to Yen or lump it to so-and-so. But if you're going to play Stockley, you need someone alongside him, not out wide of him, alongside him to feed off of the scraps. Yeah, I think if you look at as as a Charlton thing, again, we'll stick on the Charlton front. The two times we've been you know, successful in the last 10 years, our two promotions, is when we had Yan as that big man, and then someone sniffing around him. And then when we went up with Lee Bowyer, we had Taylor, who maybe wasn't the big man, but physical bodies were battling him. He was physical. And it let uh, Joe Aribo and, and uh, Johnny Williams have that space around him. And it worked because we played the diamond. Even Josh Parker, who and... maybe wasn't the, a finisher, was getting in the game because they were so concerned with dealing with Taylor. And you see it when we play with Stockley. They're so bothered with Stockley... Yeah. There's room. There's so much room. But because yeah. you're playing Ben Watson and Harry Arter, they're 50 yards down the pitch. Can I just pull you on one thing? Josh Parker, a striker, as you said, not a striker, okay. not even close. Played up front. But when, <laughs> when Lyle Taylor first signed, he did have Carl and Grant alongside him. And that was a hell of a partnership. Hell of a partnership because you've got a, a poacher, someone who'll score the goals. And Taylor, as you said, isn't. It's the same height as, uh, as Yan. He's not a big man. Yan wasn't a big man. Yan just had a good. Just, would win headers and Yan would take all the blows. I mean, lost Canter how many times Yan had have the physios on to treat him. A lot of the time he'd be muttering foul lows in French and just having a breather. But uh, <laughs> but that's what you need. And and as Dan said, when we've been successful, that's uh, as as a club, that's the the, the sort of thing that that's that's won it for us. Flanagan and Hales. I'll take you back to the seventies, late seventies. Flanagan and Hales, Flan- uh, Hales, an absolute poacher. Nothing else about him, just a pure poacher, and a vicious one at that. And Flanagan was the skillful one who could score goals as well. That was an unbelievable partnership until they uh, took lumps out of each other at Maidstone in the FA Cup. Yeah, as as I think Ryan, really, I know Ryan's not got involved because you know he's not a Charlton man. But I think even even he said it when we spoke about it before. When you're coming out as a manager, and this happened three or four games ago, you're coming out as a manager and saying, you know, my players didn't do what I told them. You're asking for trouble, and I remember Ryan saying it. You know, you can't do that, can you? You are. Um, the minute you question your players in public, in my view, um, gone. You're asking for trouble, and I think the other thing that always confused me is obviously we've talked in the past about how me and Dan took in a Charlton game even the Charlton game that I went to when I saw live he was convinced that Charlton had created far more opportunities Uh than they actually Uh had he was completely deluded in in what he was saying and what he was seeing because me and Dan sat through the whole 90 minutes and we saw one actual chance there were a couple of not even half chances, but there was one actual shot on goal that we saw throughout the whole game. And he was like, yeah, we created plenty. They created nothing. There, there's a, a, another podcast uh, that I've listened to, which uh, it's based in Scotland, and it has um, Craig Levine as one of the main, but they have different managers as guests. They've only done two, and I'll look it up and tell you what it's called. But they were saying Ian Holloway, who is a man who... who, who when you go into a press conference as a manager... Part of the job is you're going in there. 
this, regardless of the result, you're looking after the club. You're protecting the club. And as a manager, the one thing you have to do is whatever has happened on the pitch, you protect your players. And he didn't do it. We've had that with Lee Boyer where he would go in and and I think that was a lot of Lee Boyer's undoing where he would go in and, and particularly pick on a young player like Albie Morgan. Yeah, Albie Morgan has got to learn lessons, but you don't give him those lessons in public. You take him aside on a Monday and say, and maybe sit him down with a video and say, this is what you should have done. You don't hang him out to dry in, in, in public, which is something that... Adkins didn't do individually, but he did it as a team. But he he come out with bizarre stuff. Um, he'd say when we've been beaten three one or something. Well, we were in it until the uh, until the second half. Well, the second half. That well, if we keep losing games in the second half, does that not tell you something's wrong with the level of fitness, which is something uh, that that was an issue possibly, Ryan. I think it's an ego thing with managers because the prime example of all this don't throw your players under the bus. Don't attack your players in public. The prime example is Jose Mourinho. We saw him do it with Luke Shaw. We saw him do it with Paul Pogba. He then went to uh, Tottenham and he did it with Deli Alley. And Danny Rose. um, And Danny Danny Rose Rose as well. You know, it's just one of the unwritten laws of football. If you are going to criticise your players, you do it behind closed doors. You don't come out. I mean, what was the quote I remember... Mourinho saying it just showed his complete arrogance was it something like same manager different team different players when he was talking about his failures at Tottenham or something it's just I understand you've got to have a lot of self-confidence to be a manager but when it steps over to complete arrogance where you're just completely seeing something that just isn't there then it's no wonder that you're going to end up losing your job and for me personally I think it's right that Atkins has gone Dan Atkins Atkins made a point on. I went to the Lincoln game away on Saturday, which really should have been when he was sacked. Yes. I can't believe he even made it to Tuesday. Uh, you would have thought Tuesday in front of the lights with someone else in charge might have bursted the team up. But anyway, on to my point. Um, you made a point about press conferences and the things he came out and said was what Ryan just said. And that was the thing that wound me up the most. I walked back from the Lincoln game. It was about a half hour walk back to where we were staying. And when I got there and I looked at his match reports, I looked at his comments and he said we had dominated the first half and had a couple of chances. So I'm going to tell you the facts. I looked at after the game. We played 90 minutes of football. We had three shots. Okay. We had three shots. We had a couple of chances in, in the first 20 minutes he claimed. Our first shot was in the 69th minute. What part of the first half is that? Yeah, this is pretty the thing. sure we didn't have 24 minutes added time. And by the way, our fucking second and third shot was our goal after a corner that was a goal from a follow-up. So I don't think three we shots. Two of them were at one moment. We didn't have a talking shit. We didn't have a shot in the first half last night, did we? Until they scored an own goal for us. Last... No, is that right? No, and own goal. That, and that was a single moment. Yeah, it was an own goal, and it was a single moment of brilliance from Gilby. He got the ball and he driven. And the second goal was the same. Connor Washington chases down the ball that he's got no right to chase down. The defender shits his pants, and uh, he squares it to Stockley. So there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to managers and press conferences. I remember because uh, when I was at the club uh, and I'd be in the tunnel area, and you come off after a game, and put, and, and it'd be journalists waiting, uh, a couple of local journalists waiting to speak to Chris Powell. And they'd be if they didn't know the club, they'd be there and they'd say, how long before he comes out? And I'd say, oh, you got ages yet. I mean, it's 10 minutes after the game, so you've got at least another 45 minutes. Chris Powell wouldn't come out. And what he would do, and this is quite sensible, he would calm down. He would calm down after a game. Regardless of the result, he would calm down and he would think through what he's going to say. And he'd come out, and regardless of what question you ask him, he's not going to answer a lot of the questions. He's going to say what he wants to say. And he's going to protect the players. If they've had a bad game, he's going to say, "I'm disappointed with the performance." Da, 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 da. And then he'll he'll leave it. And then, but he always thought about what he was going to say. And you never, very rarely, the only time he was really speechless, uh, the eyes, not County at home, he came out and said, "I slaughtered them at half time." Uh, and the only other time was Cardiff at home when we won five four. And um, I, even an hour later after the game, interviewing him, he was still hyped up from it because it was the most amazing game. 
And I think I remember interviewing him and, and I was as, as excited as he was because that was a, a get out of jail. That was a big game. Uh, that one kept him in a job, I think, at the time. Um, and it was a big, big moment, big turning point. And just remember, even an hour after the game, talking to him, and yeah, he hadn't really calmed down and he was still amazed by the game. Had we lost that one, I think he would have taken a long, long time to come out. I've waited there over an hour for Chris Powell. Even in away games, he he would take his time. Even if we were in the middle of nowhere, miles away, he would take his time. And more managers need to do that. Uh, I think the, the, the problem... Uh, you have at Charlton these days and other clubs is they have to come out fairly quickly. Um, the manager has a, an obligation to come out and speak to Charlton TV. And they're only on for a certain amount of time after a game. Uh, so the manager is under an obligation, doesn't have the uh, time that Chris Powell was afforded. The press but that's um, still half hour normally. That's still the, a yeah. good half hour. <clears throat> but the press will, will wait as long as that they'll wait as long as you get there you get there within the hour that you know they'll they'll grumble uh, and at Charlton they got used to it this is it's just the way it is with Powley. Uh and yeah they'll just wait and 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 the TV will will usually just will have to wait and you know that's the way it is but yeah Charlton TV it's in house they're under pressure to get down there as quickly as they can but that going forward for Charlton Adkins a bit of a dinosaur I think is the word that's being used isn't it Walker saw. I heard someone call him a walker saw. Yeah. Which I like that. He likes to walk. He's a dinosaur. He's a walker saw. He's I'm a walker saw. Yeah. Sounds more like a Pokemon, but we'll go with it. Uh, Ryan and other people who aren't Charlton fans don't know, Nigel Edkins, uh, when things weren't going too badly, would pop up every day on Twitter and tell everyone walking is great. Well, for the past month or so, people have been saying, yes, Nigel, isn't walking great? Can you get on with it? Uh, hoping that he would. I have not seen... And it's a long time since I've seen uh, the way it turned. They it turned on him so so quickly. Um, it's not helped by the owner Thomas Sangard, um, who at the end of last season said we're going to blow this league. Yeah, we are. We are totally blown but, it. We're in a relegation Adkin, battle. Adkins said it too. I remember yeah. the whole hole were lifting the trophy. Yeah. And he went, "Hey lads, listen, this is going to be us next year." Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, maybe he meant next year when we're in League Two. You scouse twat. Uh, yeah, and so the owner has been naive. And I think going forward, what the owner needs to do is leave Jacko as caretaker, and I've got something to say about this. But he needs to appoint someone to run the club. Thomas Sangard, what Thomas Sangard knows about football, I could write on my little finger. He knows nothing of football. He needs someone that knows the game. Someone who's been there as a player, maybe as a manager, who knows how to set up a club. Alan Kirbishley. Uh, oh, sorry, Alan Kirbishley is perfectly. Another one would have been Peter Varney. Perfect man to come in. Knows the club intimately. Knows how to put together a team. At the moment, we've got this character, Jed Roddy. And there's a lot of people saying Jed Roddy's got to go. I don't know how, how, you know, I don't know how much say he has. He's clearly advising um, Sangard, but I think he's advising him wrongly. I don't know whether he should go, but there should be someone running the club above Jed Roddy, uh, someone with a football knowledge. And Kirbishley would be great. I think would be great yeah, at it. I think, and I, I think, think he'd also, do it. If it's, if it's Kirbishley that has that role, whoever the next manager is has that help. If you're stuck, you go to him and say, listen, I'm having a few problems. I can't... Have any top clubs got that right now? I mean, I know Man United had have that role for Darren Fletcher, but I don't know how much Oli relies on him. I don't think it's perf- um, there at Chelsea or, or Man City. Don't know. So, I mean, it could work for Charlton. It could work for Charlton. I mean, yeah. And get, get coaches... Get... Clearly, the defence has been a problem. Get someone in to come in and coach specifically the defence. Because they're not defending uh, time and time again. Balls are coming out from wide, and we're not dealing with it. And and it, whether it's tactics or whether they're just crap defenders, I don't know. But it needs looking at, and 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 it doesn't take a, a genius. It just just needs a defensive coach. Okay, there's a man out there that would do it. Steve Brown, Charlton for them through, knows how to defend. Defend played in the Premier League. You know, there's someone like that. That's what Charlton fans want, is people that understand how the club runs, what understand about the club, what the club's been through. Uh, we're quite, it's quite a unique club because it's been through shit that other clubs have been nowhere near. And, and, and I get annoyed when I see, I saw Newcastle fans saying, 
an Arsenal fan saying, oh, it's terrible, we're going nowhere. You're in the Premier League, shut the fuck up and stop and just be grateful you're not Bolton, you're not Berry, or you're not Charlton or one of these clubs that have, have been ruined by reckless owners. Newcastle fans, just shut up. But now... Um, yeah, n- now move on from Charlton. Yeah, can we move on? But yeah, I mean, it, well, no, no, hang on, because I want to go to Johnny Jackson has been appointed caretaker manager. Thomas Sangard has said it's there for him. If he does well, he'll be in the frame. Can I just put this out there? I don't want him to get the job. Neither do I. Not because, not because I don't think he can do it, but because I'm, I hope he can do it. I'd love to think he can Sent- do it. Sentimental value. It's a sentimental thing. He's, yeah, I agree. He's, he's a Charlton legend as a player, captain, and a coach. Leave him as a coach. Because that way, because once he becomes manager, as sure as eggs are eggs, he's going to get sacked. And I don't ever want to get to the day when Johnny Jackson is walking away from our club. That I've, It's a bit personal. It's personal for Dan because Dan's met him and Dan knows him and I met him and I know him reasonably well. You know, I knew him reasonably well. Uh, and I just don't want to see. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's genuinely one of the <laughs> loveliest people I've ever met. Um, yeah. I, hel- I helped him out with his academy a few years back. Just when you were under own... 18, I like to point this out. No, I was 18, just. Were you just 18? I just turned 18. Oh, okay. just turned 18. So that and bottle of wine was all right out. then? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting to. Um, <laughs> I, I, all I did was record about half hour of footage and then I went home. And then at the next the next Charlton game, he bought me over a bottle of wine. Good one as well. In the in the press conference. And when I got home and Googled it, it was a very, very good bottle of wine. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I did a I, I did a load of publicity for his academy. I did loads of stuff and got Dan involved and got all sorts of people involved. I got a really very nice couple of bottles of red. I didn't look them up, but Dan did for me, so I knew exactly But so but they weren't cheap. <laughs> I've got this list of out of work managers, and if you're looking at, at Charlton uh, uh, they've got uh, football managers. Say, if, can I just say before you start, if Steve Bruce is on this list, he, he's not on this list. No, oh, so good. they've got a list, and these are players. So there's a, they're divided into three categories, right? So what? Uh, and, and there's A listers, and we'll get to them. And then there's Premier League contenders, and then there's Championship and EFL contenders. And I want to run past these names, past Dan, to see the reaction uh, of Dan to is some it, of is these this names. Cholton? Yes. Or the Charlton okay. I'm not saying these are my choices, but these are the, some of the names that are EFL contenders. I've got I've got a target, so I, I'm hoping on. he's on the list. Okay. No, I, want to say, I, I, I know who your target is, I, and he's not on that list. And I know who well, your target is. Then, I know who your target is. But these, so Alex Neal. Yeah, no problem with that one. He's someone that I'd, I'd definitely consider. I think he's done, he did very well at Norwich. Yep. Um, did he get over to the Premier League? I think, yeah, right? originally, yeah. Then he couldn't keep him up and he got sacked. And then, yeah, then I uh, think, yeah. He, he did what every Preston manager has done, and that's sit there in the Championship and do soddle because that's exactly where Preston are. Can I just um, say, while we're discussing Norwich, to the Norwich fan that had a £50 bet with me, and I bet them 50 quid for charity for the upbeats or £50 for a Norwich uh, charity of his choice, that if Norwich, if Norwich got relegated, he'd pay me 50 quid. Give me the money now. Right. Wallet out, fella. Get your money. Get, let's get it done with. Uh, Cisco Munez, Munoz is on the list of EFL contenders. Dan. Oh, there's a face. He's pulling a face. Cisco Munoz. Munoz. He's just been sacked by Watford. He's not come to Charles. Yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, Tony Pulis. I don't like this list, Ryan. What do you reckon? <laughs> Why don't you like that Pul- list? Tony Pulis. Proven. Prim- uh, but I think he's more of a championship. We just we just got rid of one dinosaur. I don't want another one. Okay, let's move on. Chris Hughton. No, on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ryan, please tell him Tony Pulis is not the man. I, I would definitely agree with you about Tony Pulis. I think the time has come for a certain ilk. We've I, discussed this before. I'm a not saying ilk of manager. This is has just a list. Their time. This is not my personal opinion. This is just a list of managers. That are no, available. I understand but, that. Well, but I think, he's old. like okay. Steve Bruce, like Steve Bruce has said, uh, it, it's probably Newcastle was probably his last job because right. he's a manager from a certain era, and okay. they need to they need move, to move on. Moving on. Chris Hewton. Yeah, that'll do. I'd take that one all day long. Yeah, 
I think January. he was unfairly treated at Newcastle. Did Big well time. at Brighton. Yep. Unfairly dismissed as well, arguably. Yep. Grim at Forest, but was there was dealt problems at blow. Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forest and is then, grim. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for... then wasn't given money to change the squad that was shit. So the squad's still shit. <laughs> I think I'd like him as a as a Charlton manager. It wouldn't happen, but it, I'd like him. Right, next one. Here we go. Neil Lennon. You're never getting Neil Lennon. I'm sorry, I'm just, neither of you are yeah, saying anything. I know, but... Uh, he's he's Dan, never going I know, I know anywhere he, below no, no, championship. I know level. he's not, but 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 Neil Lennon, Dan, if we got him, no, how would you no. feel? No, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't go to a game. Okay. Mark Hughes. <laughs> Next, move on. Just go. Okay. Move on. Again, Mark Hughes is a no for me because I didn't think he was that good anyway. Uh, 104, move on. Gary Monk. No, keep going. That's not a bad shout. Gary like Monk that. has been unsuccessful at every club he's been at, in my opinion. He, he did at, Swansea, right at Swansea. At Swansea, he was okay. He, then he went so to... Now, now, you see, he to took Leeds. over from people who'd laid the foundations at Swansea, didn't he? Right, yeah, but he did. He wasn't great there. No, but he uh, took he over to Leeds, from... Did, he went to Leeds, did okay with a squad that should have done well. He went to Middlesbrough, stunk the bed, went to Birmingham, stunk the bed... <laughs> Went to Sheffield Wednesday and shat the bed. To know he shat the bed again. Yeah, but Sheffield Wednesday is just another Nottingham Forest. Let's be honest, that is a Sheff- mess. No, no, block. no. Sheffield Wednesday is, is massive. They were good then. They're they a were, massive no, club. It's a massive steaming pile of turds. Yes. When, yeah. when they when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, they had a good squad that just didn't win games because he was not. Right, Paul Lambert. No. What what, what was Paul Lambert's? Last managerial role? No idea. But that's that then. Move on. <laughs> Uwe Rosler. <laughs> Didn't he screw that one at Brentford? Um, I just refuse to answer this anymore. He was a he was at Wigan and he had a uh, or somewhere and he had a bit of a fight with Bob Peters and Uwe Rosler's not the biggest bloke and and if you can take Jose on this list. No, no, no. It's, it'd be perfect to get us through the season, wouldn't he? I think. I love Jose. He's a great language. As long as he doesn't bring that twat with him. Um, there's two twats. Thomas Driesen and Carol Fry. Chris Coleman. No. Stunk the living daylights out of Sunderland, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, and I know Wales isn't the best job in the world or that easy, but he was shit for Wales as well. Okay. Well, That's well, a bit unfair. Oh, hang on. He got them, he got them to their first No, 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 no. No, no he got them to their first championship. No, 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 no. No, he didn't. Ryan Giggs got them. He took over when they were already basically through. Won their last two games. They needed two Ryan Giggs. to from three games. Not Ryan no, Giggs. No, not Ryan. Gary Speed. Yeah, Gary I was going to say, hang on. More or less got them qualified. And Chris Coleman came in. He was more or less qualified. I think they drew in Estonia and got qualified. Well done for drawing. Yeah, Estonia. but look at their performance. Had a good run at the Euros. Yeah, you can't knock that. He had a good run in the Euros, which personally, I feel like it was the players playing in honour of Gary Speed, people could be wrong. Then after that, after that Euros, they carried on qualifying to the World Cup and the Euros after that, and he was shit. Okay, I've got one more name. Right, on this list. Not my list. I so... I, I'm, I'm going to leave if this is Alan Soul, Bargy, I'm Soul Campbell. Right Soul Campbell. Bye. Nope, I'm done. See you later. Dan, tell us about your uh, choice. Tell us about your choice, former Newport manager. <laughs> he knows, yeah. And this is a good shout. I'm going along with this. This is a very good shout. I wanted my two were genuinely Chris Hewton, if we could, because I don't think the Chris Wilder stuff is even realistic. People want Chris Wilder. Don't see it in the middle. No, no, no. He's no, 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 no. I would 100% appoint Michael Flynn. And I have, and it's not because (laughs) of my previous Newport connections. This is a manager who took over a League Two club who were bottom, I think, seven or eight points away from safety with about 10 games left and kept them up, then rebuilt a squad with Mm. the lowest budget in the league and has been to two playoff finals in three seasons. I know he's lost both playoff finals, but to make a squad turnaround with no money and make a squad that finished bottom and in two seasons turn them into playoff finalists, you clearly have something about you that works. Yeah. Um, And the players... And I know that Newport at home are amazing and does that equal things with uh, 
he his teams get up for cup games and the cup runs they've been on. I don't think it's a fluke that their cup run and their league forms under Michael Flynn was so good. Uh, there's another name. That, there's two names. There's one names that Charlton fans seem to be uh, attached onto. Michael Beale, assistant manager at Rangers. He's not going to leave that job to, to come and play, uh, manage Charlton. He's going to stay with Steven Gerrard for when Gerrard takes the next job. So that's not going to happen. And we, everyone here knows. in Liverpool, I'm pretty sure, knows Steven Gerrard's next job is... Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> there is another name that the Daily Express put out today that apparently is uh, th- there's talk about. And the initials JJ come I into play this. again. Jonathan Johansson, another uh, coach at Rangers, former Rangers player, former Charlton player uh, from Finland. I can't see that having any legs. Can you, Dan? I can, yeah. Really? I mean, I can see it having legs. Nothing surprises me in football. Um, Scandinavian manager, Scandinavian owner, linked to the club. Oh, Michael Loudrop then. Give me Michael Loudrop. <laughs> Ironically, I have just got the Sky Bet odds up and Michael Loudrop is in the top five. So, <laughs> what? Well, who's favourite? So, Johnny Jackson is four to five. Yeah. Michael Flynn is five to one. Mm. Jason Yule and Neil Harris are ten to one. Neil Harris Neil isn't, Harris, Neil Harris isn't getting anywhere mental. near the job. Neil Harris can go fornicate with a frog. In fact, I'll give you two words about Neil Harris. Fuck off. Then uh, we have then we have Michael uh, Michael Loudrop and Chris Wilder on twelve to one. Then Chris Powell, Michael Duff, and someone called Chris Breach at fourteen to one. I haven't got a clue. Who Chris Breach. We need to Google that. I'm googling it right now, and what I found is he's a centre back. Right. That's slightly concerning that he might still be playing football. A centre back at Brighton, according to this, who um, is all this says is he played for Lewis. Is, so he, is he the guy? Is, now, is he the guy that that plays for the Brighton? He's got a contract purely to play for the under twenty threes to bring the kids through. Because Man United are doing this with a an under with a with a player. Yeah, he is. I found him. Yeah. Yeah. Is it him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at managers, Premier League contenders that would could walk into a Premier League job that are currently out of work. It says here, Roy Hodgson, he's retired and he's uh, such a dinosaur. Uh, do we agree on that? He's gone and gone and got him finished. Yep. Okay, Chris Wilder. I don't think he'll get a Premier League job unless it's someone like Norwich. Or even then, I don't think he will. What, Chris Wilder? What are your opinions? He's your Championship manager next, isn't he? I think he'll get a job in the championship uh, when somebody goes down, and they'll pick him up so that he can rebuild. Yeah, but you don't yeah, see I, him. Don't see him coming in as a Premier League manager at any stage this season. Only if you said if Norwich. I don't think Norwich will sack uh, Daniel Fark. Fark. Farky. But he Farker. not walk. He might Farkhouse. walk away. Farky Haas. Fark um, Yeah, he might walk away though. He might just say, "I can't be." I mean, he could. What is. But I have a, a feeling that. Chris Wilder could be the kind of person that gets that role. Um, I th- okay, I disagree with you on Farco. I think if they're still in a position they're in in Christmas, he'll be gone. But they okay. were like this. They were like this the last two times they've come up with him. So. But, me, but then it's just showing that they've not developed any. No, I think for for me personally, I think it's Norwich know where they are. They know the yeah. size of club they are. I know they're going to bounce yeah. up and down. Yeah, they know that he's okay. taken. He's, we've gone down, but he'll take us straight back up again as long as we support him with the money a little bit. So I, I, I think they'll stick with him. Okay. Uh, we have Frank Lampard. Where's he going to turn up next? Do you think he's right, going to have to go championship? A, I have a controversial to some people. I have a feeling you two might agree with me, though. Go on. He will get a Premier League job. But he shouldn't. Because he's Frank Lampard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However... <sighs> he doesn't deserve one. No, he, I'm, I'm with you. He he did. He took the tar- He took the Derby job. He got a job so high again because he's Frank Lampard. He did with Derby what every other Derby manager did before him, not after him, obviously because of financial concerns. Yeah. He went to Chelsea, had an okay first season, kind of run of the mill, got Chelsea into the Champions League and FA Cup final. Yeah, World but Cup. that's not what Chelsea need. Chelsea need trophies. Exactly. And then the year after, shit the bed was sacked. 
So are we saying back to the? I'd say back to the championship for him. Really, I, I th- I realistically, think he's at that level, he's at that yeah. level. However, he'll get a Premier League job. I'm convinced. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think he should. I agree. I, I think he should be going to the championship. Ryan, what do you think? I don't think he's going to come back to football management. Really? I think he'll, he's, yeah, I think he's had a try of it. It was Chelsea. He obviously tried his luck at Derby. He got the job that he wanted most at Chelsea. He's made a few and quid. Let's be honest. He's made a few quid. He's got a name. And look how much they pay Sky pay people to go on there and, and BC just chat as well, yeah. rubbish all day. So if he gets a, he gets True. a job like that, he, he just might not come back. Where would you see him turning up, if anywhere? Well, yeah. before I would have said Palace, but for me, anyone in that bottom, I would have said Newcastle. If Southampton move on from their manager, if Leeds move on from their manager, Villa, that kind of level of club, I think. Can I just go back to Charlton briefly? Thomas Sangard is on BBC Radio London and said he's in talks with people involved in Charlton's structure previously and isn't ruling out bringing people in to support the running of the club. When's the as said that? Uh, on BBC Radio London. As long as it's not Tommy Dreesen and Catherine Mayer, we'll be all right. Well, at least it also shows that he's got some sort of brain about that him. Is that is a good sign. Learned that, that, yeah. Okay, I need help. I can I can pay for the club, but I need help running. That is a good sign, I think, if that's what he's saying. Um, anyway, so Frank, next on the list. Eddie Howe. <laughs> Difficult one, isn't he? Because he had a good time with Bournemouth, and then it went wrong at Bournemouth. So he's he's got a proven record for a time, and but, and I but, think a manager's only got a certain amount of shelf life in a struggle a team that's did, not brilliant. Yes? Did it go wrong with Bournemouth, or did Bournemouth just revert to what we thought Bournemouth were? It went wrong. You look at the players that he signed. Look at the players that he yeah, signed. Yeah, see, there's the thing. Every Dominic year. Solanke. Sorry, <laughs> let me just finish. Dominic Solanke, number one. Jordan Ibe, number two. They spent oh, a big fortune time. on those two players. And they were nowhere even close to being Premier League ready when they signed them. We're still on. So <laughs> Solanke started scoring goals in the Championship for, for which is them. his level. Which yeah, is three years too level. late for Bournemouth. Yeah. So are we saying uh, Eddie Howe, if he's going to take a job, he's going to have to go through the from the Championship now? I'm not even sure he'll, he'll get a Championship job because I, I mean think... he was in talks for the Celtic job and he shit it and declined it. If you're going to turn down the Celtic job, then what's wrong with you? I think now. Now I think right. Okay, uh, it's not just that with Eddie Howe. I don't think right. He's he's got previous here. Um, he took the Burnley job, and it was too. He doesn't like to go too far from home. If he's going to take a club, it's going to be in the southern part of the UK that he can commute to from where he lives. But supposedly, um, the there's reason, no way he would take Celtic. The reason he walked away from Celtic was because they weren't willing to bring his staff with him. He'd yeah. agreed terms. It was the fact that they would not agree. I think some of his staff were still at Bournemouth and they weren't willing to pay Bournemouth out to bring them. So he said, all right, well, I'm not coming. Sorry, that's just short-sighted on his part then. Work with somebody else until you can get your staff in. Don't uh, turn down a job just because it isn't shiny and new exactly how you want it. No, You've because... Got no, anywhere. no, no. You, 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 you uh, gotta I have, I, if you, I have a, a group of staff that I trust, I wouldn't... Yeah, you, yeah in, in management, you want to be surrounded by people you trust. You, you yeah, want but people. Sometimes you have no, to no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I would, or I maybe not do what he'd done because that was a big job. But I can, I can understand. I can understand it fully. Gone, yeah, I want to take my team with me. I yeah, mean, I, I want. I, I think he should have taken the Celtic job. However, I, I do understand if you've got a group of people that you've always worked with, you, you trust them. Go, like, I, I understand that honestly. <laughs> I genuinely understand that, but I also think sometimes managers need to have a little bit of patience. If you're offered a plum job, then you take it, and even if it's not exactly how you want it, you bide your time until your staff run out of contract. Or Because I'll give you the prime example. is Mark Hughes. He took the same coaching crew everywhere he went. Everyone, the same. And look what it did. It went stale. It got him nowhere. That's because Mark Hughes is a crap manager. My, my my point is, is he took the same crew with him. And yeah, he but he was anything. a crap manager. The other thing with Eddie Howe and Celtic is there's a lot of off-field issues at Celtic. Mm. The, the manager that's there now is already under pressure because of everything around the club's grim, 
So yeah. his league, Celtic are struggling and, in the league. And Rangers, Rangers are top. in Europe. And Rangers are pissing everything. Yeah, and Rangers are... Uh, if uh, you take that Celtic job, you're... Do you remember when Rangers were playing that second fiddle and they went through... Countless Pedro, managers. Katrina and the... What's the guy? Mark Warburton. Um, Ali McCoist was there for a while. When you're playing second fiddles to your neighbours that are winning everything, your you, have to, rivals, you have yeah. to be shit hot. And I don't think that's worth a risk. Another thing with Eddie Howe, he's he's, uh, he's agreed terms of another job. I know this particularly well. And then, I saw him. yeah, because we saw him when he agreed terms, and the then panic. he walked, and then he walked away from it. He didn't take it. Uh, what does that tell you? Two jobs he's walked away from. What does that tell you? Unless well, it's um, the, unless it's exactly how he wants it, he's not going to take a job. And well, that's, for me, that's, that's short sighted. I will give you. I'll chuck you out a name here then for Eddie Howe, right? Um, I predict Eddie Howe's next job will be Bournemouth when they shit the bed again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I genuinely, think, I genuinely think that's a possibility. I think that's a fair point. <laughs> I'd put good money on it. Okay, I've got some three more names out of this list. Bruno Labbadia. Who? Exactly. Yeah, no, I don't know who that is. Diego Martinez. Who? Right. Paco Lopez. Ooh. Oh, right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, these are the Premier League contenders, so they're obviously... Can I just better. say, I, just say them. I, I want, uh, Ryan has put a bet on the line. I bet all three of them manage Watford in the next two years. <laughs> yeah, <that's> probably... <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, listen, listeners who think we're all, we, we argue with each other a lot and we get annoyed with each other, we don't. We, we know each other so well, we know we can all argue and, and have a good old slouch shouting match and five minutes later we're having a giggle. That's how it works. Now, we're the family a- at the end of the day. Yeah, there is that as well. Uh, um, the A-listers. These are the top draw managers, apparently. I'm going to start in reverse. Rudy Garcia. You said A-listers. This apparently this is this is a call. Anyway, this is a call. Who did this article? They slap him. I know. Uh, all right, Paolo Fonseca, who has been heavily linked with Newcastle. His odds been, have tumbled. He has been heavily linked with every football club in the world. Is has he? And what? Uh, he was favourite for the Tottenham job. He was favourite for. The Watford job. Is he any good? I don't think this man actually wants a job. All right. Okay. Fair enough. It's another name. And I don't see... Putting it out there, Paolo Fonseca's record at his last three clubs have all been over 50%. And and they've played over 100 games. So, you know, he's obviously done something, right? Here's a name that I'm surprised is on here. Andrea Pirlo. I'm not having that one of you. Yeah, exactly. I've got... I've got a giggle because he crapped the bed at Juventus. Even with, I know there are a lot of problems at Juventus, but their squad is ridiculously talented. Uh, he had Ronaldo at the time as well, and he, I know expectations were high, but he well and truly crapped the bed. So yeah, Shit the bed. fair one. enough. Okay, uh, Ernesto Valverde. Yeah, former Barcelona manager. Um, I mean, do you, how? <laughs> He's at Barcelona. Yeah. And so, and I think it was Atletico Bilbao for a period. Good manager. Premier League. 60. He sounds like a Watford candidate well, to me. Well, he's a Watford manager. Yeah. He sounds like <laughs> he's a, a Watford. <laughs> he sounds like a Tottenham candidate to me. Oh, that's a good oh, shout. Yeah. There's <laughs> a good shout. There's a good shout. Um, I, look for, New- I look forward to him finishing ninth and Harry Kane arguing with him at the age of 32. Uh, Lucien Favre. He will get a job in the Premier League. Yeah. Everton. Everton. Keep your eyes on Newcastle for that one, I think. Hmm. He was linked, wasn't he, at one point? He was quite... He was fancied at one point. I think his signature will be dependent on who they get as their director of football. If they get get Ralph Rangnick, he won't won't get it because (laughs) it's completely polar opposite in uh, philosophies of football. Okay. But if 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 they sign somebody else, then keep an eye on that one because I know okay. the Newcastle board are looking for a bigger name. Uh, okay. Um. And I see the thing with Newcastle, they need to get the direct. I've said this as you've just said there that they get the director of football right, the rest will fall into place. But they need someone to get them that out of the bit. Of, 
to get yeah uh, to get them out of the shit they're in at the moment. A bit like Charlton, they need someone to get them out of the crap they uh, are in at the moment. They need. It's like when you break up with someone and you've been in a long time relationship. The first girl, the first woman after that is just a shag, and it's it's just <laughs> getting over the. To getting over the emotion of what happened. And she's not going to be the one that you keep. She's not going to be a keeper. The one after that is possibility, but the one straight after the long-term relationship is not the keeper. And I think um, Newcastle, the, the first manager, the next manager they get is not a keeper, but it's going to do a, do a job for them. I, I will uh, supersede your football director by, by saying the first thing they need to do is appoint a vice chairperson with football experience because currently as far as i'm aware on currently on the board at newcastle the new board they don't have anyone who's been involved with a football club before no, that's, no, no it's a very it's good the, point it's the two saudis and the woman who was yeah. the middle woman right my understanding yeah, is they've not got anybody involved with them have you at seen the moment have you seen yeah. her how much how much sir if she don't put her near a fire because her face will melt the newcastle woman I said, don't put her near a fire. Her face will melt. I'm telling you, there's more plastic there than there is no than, than Jordan's tits. Right, the next name. <laughs> I've got two names to throw at you now. Who out the of fuck work. did she get? How did Jordan get? Katie Price get to a fucking football podcast because she's shagged after football, isn't it? Uh, no, it's only Dwight York. No, there's been a couple of others. On yeah, was there others? Were there others? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Trust me. All right, okay. Anyway, Antonio Conte. Uh, he's nearly went to Spurs. Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> About three years. He's oh, not oh, the next oh, manager. He can't be the next manager. The next manager no, can't be one, one of these that. A-lists, can they? It's got to be someone. Ryan, Antonio Conte. Uh, on, on. You've Antonio got an opinion. Conte. I, I would just simply say this. He keeps pricing himself out of jobs. The, he keeps going Spurs. to clubs. And, and if they don't give him money, it's not about the amount of money he earns. It's about the amount of money he's going to be given to spend on a squad. Well, he Newcastle. Like at, he was, yeah, but he was like it at, Ch- at Chelsea. And then he got, he got sacked and left because he didn't get what he wanted. And he did exactly the same thing in Milan. He took them to the title after two years of spending a lot of money, including bringing in bang average players like Ashley Young, of all people. Uh, and turning him into a decent defender. And then when they said, we've got to cut our cloth because our owners are running out of money, he was like, right, I'm off, I'm gone, see you later. Um, it's funny, uh, it's as, funny. As, sorry, a bit of breaking news. It's, sorry, it's, uh, it's funny that as we were talking about this, Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted out, Paolo Fonseca is ready to accept the Newcastle job. The board are still looking at other candidates, but he is favourite after Conte turned down the option. Conte turned it down. Okay. Um, Conte did turn down Spurs famously, and probably the, uh, Daniel Levy sat him down yeah, and told him how much he didn't have to spend. Um, that's what probably put him off there. The final name on the list, you'll like this one, Dan. Zinedine or oh, Zinedine. Oh, Zinedine. Zinedine Zidane or oh, Zinedine. Will he bother? I don't think I think he's he's done Real Madrid, and that's I think I think that's his think, ambition, is it? Dan? I think as as Ryan said about I can't remember oh, who it was now. Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard. I don't think Zidane will manage anyone that's not Real Madrid, unless Zidane manages France. Oh, Zinedine, in the future, which is possible. That's a good shout, Dan. Unless he <coughs> man- replaces if Didier Deschamps leaves, I think that's Zidane's next job. Can, can I say something a bit controversial here? Oh, oh, go on. Is Zinedine Zidane actually that good a manager? Because he's only managed Real Madrid twice and he had all their money and all their star players. Yeah, We I don't mean, actually know if he can do a decent job at any other club. This, this is the point. He's gone to Real Madrid. He's won everything that there is to win because of the squad he had. Because he had Cristiano Ronaldo and up front. If you go anywhere else and you get found out, your reputation goes. If he doesn't manage another team, he's going to he look good in the history books. I'm not convinced that he is that good of a manager. <laughs> because of the problems you read about with him and his players, it just helped him that the team he had was fucking brilliant. And also, yeah. on the Newcastle front, I want to put a bet out here now that in two or three years we can come back to, I think Jose Mourinho manages Newcastle. Do you think? Because of his connection to Bobby Robson, oh, and now yeah, they yeah, have yeah. the monies... Jose Mourinho will manage Newcastle. I think he's spoken very highly of Newcastle as well in the past as a place as well, hasn't he? I will throw a left field name into the mix for the Come Newcastle on, job. Go on. 
John Terry, highly rated coach and assistant manager. They raved about him at Aston Villa. He's currently out of work because he wants to take the next step up. He's going to cost absolutely no money. He comes with a name that players will want to play for because of his reputation previously. <laughs> They'll be a bit wary about their wives, but, you know, um, I, I reckon it, it, it's, a, it's, a no, it's a win-win for everyone and it's a no-lose gamble. It's about as likely as him having Wayne Bridges as his assistant manager. I don't think that's going to happen in a million months uh, of Sundays. Yeah. Now, can I, I... I think John Terry is another Frank Lampard. But this time with no, as in I think he'll get a job in the championship as his first job. The difference with Terry is he's got that experience as a coach, which means he could work as a manager. So mm. I'd like him to start in the championship, you know, because I think that if you're a side that's in the championship right now, you look at the championship table like Cardiff or Birmingham or even Sheffield United and we're doing shit. Take the a other, gamble. The other reason I chuck him in a Newcastle job Go is on. because People have been comparing the situation at Newcastle to the situation at Manchester City, and they're completely different because Manchester City had a solid, firm base. They'd had a previous owner who chucked a lot of money in. They weren't in relegation trouble. They weren't fighting anything. They had a lot of superstars come in, tried, didn't work. They went through Sven Goran Eriksson. They went through uh, Mark Hughes. They went through. Keegan, Stuart Pearce. Uh, I think they. I think Mancini was there, and then the. And then they, the, the Saudis, uh, is it Saudis or where were they? So they, they came in, Mark Hughes was the manager when they came in. Then they went to Mancini and then Pellegrini. So anyway, so there's, there's a base that you need to start with and step in base by base by base. Newcastle don't have that base. They're right at the bottom. So any manager worth their salt is going to look at that and say, Not do, I really wanna, do I really want to risk it? And I think... If Newcastle's board have got any football nows about them, I think they'll prepare for them to go down. Essentially do what Mike Ashley did, was go down, find a decent manager who can bring them back up and then a build A transitional manager, as I said. A transitional manager to get them out of the hole they're in now as a as a as a as a, a fire uh, a, a fire trying to put out the fire, keep them in the Premier League, and then they can build from there. That's me, in my yeah. opinion. The first manager isn't is going to be sacked. Yes, yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Right, Dan, go back to Charlton quickly. Here's a man said this. It's a little complicated. It's difficult to say, and naturally, it's important to be respected to those currently in post. However, from a personal perspective, it would of course be an honour. In fact, it's a personal ambition of mine to return to Charlton as manager one day. That's my objective. George Costa. Whoa. Whoa. George Costa. Whoa. He <laughs> take him from Portugal. He, he fucking hates me. We love George Costa. He played six months on loan with us prior to the 2002 World Cup, was it? Or the 2006? 2002. 2002, because he wasn't playing at Porto until Jose came in and then he played he at played Porto. Again. Then he played the tank. Uh, he would be rapturously welcomed at Charlton, wouldn't he, Dan? He would, but I can honestly say the only managerial job I'm aware he had was Braga, and I've got no idea how he did. So I don't right. really want to comment on his managerial career. Let's talk quickly about Man United. Ryan's going to perk up now. Right. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, stealing a living. Um, uh, go to Atlanta, 2 0 down, and then everyone's saying, brilliant, what a comeback. Shouldn't be 2 0 down to a club like Atlanta, should you? <laughs> really? Do you think so? I mean that should not that, exactly. No, no, no disrespect, but that shows how much you don't follow Italian football because yeah. for the last few years, Atalanta have I been don't, ripping it up. I don't not follow only Italian in Italy, football, but also in the Champions League for the last two seasons. Atalanta are a very, very good side with very, very good players. The only thing I've seen of their game with Man United, and I'll be honest, it is a tackle that was made on Rashford, and it's one of the best tackles I've seen for years. Demoral, it was oh, it? it was an amazing tackle because if he's got that Absolutely. wrong by a millisecond, that's a penalty, and he's off for he's off for an yep. early bath, and he's made a tackle. It's on it's on Twitter. Find it. It is just what it's just defending as it should be. Oh, it's yep. just it was and just give you peak defending. I'll give you another quick shout-out for another defender as well. If you go to Brighton's last game, Dan Burns, he pulled off something quite similar. Mm. It, oh, so good. So on match of the day, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Solskjaer, Dan... Have, no, before... hang on, just to, 
just to go back to the point about Atalanta. Yeah. They're a very good side, but the best teams give them a walloping. Yes, but this... Okay, let me just say this right now. Man United are one of the biggest clubs in the world, but we're not one of the best teams in the world. I was getting there. He's getting getting there. He's getting there. Pants in your trousers, deep breath, get your dummy, you'll be all right. (laughs) Salty now. We're getting salty now. Until I made my point, you'd have been fine. That's going to say, I think it's a good win for them because the best teams in the world deal with Atalanta. Liverpool, even Real Madrid dealt with them. Barcelona struggled with them the other year. Juventus beat them <coughs> regularly. And then teams like Inter Milan, they, they've beaten them. So I think it's a good win for United. I didn't think they played well. I don't think United have played well for a while. Um, but beating Atlanta may be a turnaround point because, as Ryan said, they're a very well-organised team. Their players play a certain way that works for them. They're dangerous and dynamic. And United, in that second half, were a very, very good team. Here's my question. Is Solskjaer the right man for the job? Ryan. Oh, I so want to say yes. Yeah, no, no. no, Don't. Right, listen. No, no, no. no, Let me just. uh, Right, take the heart out of this. If he had never played for Man United in his life, if he hadn't scored that, that goal. You know the one I mean. If none of that had happened, he'd come from somewhere else and he was now the Manchester United. Would you be calling for him to be sacked? Right. Let, let's start off by saying if that was the scenario, he never would have got the Man United job in the first place. Well, he there got, we go. He got the Man United job purely because he was, as Pete just said, he was a firebreaker. He was brought in to change the, the way things were done. Manchester United have changed the way things are now done from top to bottom. It's no longer a case of we will hire a manager and put all our faith in them anymore. It is now a... What did Liverpool describe theirs as? It was... Um, they call it like a, a, re, a rerouter or something. They, they, they've got a system where basically they've got a team of people in charge of the club in, instead of just one singular person and it's one the person. the Moneyball. If you see the film Moneyball, that's what Liverpool... Are- built on it's the same owner and that's what manchester united have done we've employed dan touched on it earlier uh, about darren fletcher coming in john murtock come in john murtock we actually got from uh, tottenham so that was <laughs> ripped the heart out of tottenham on that one i think ollie can be the the guy to win stuff your heart's talking now isn't it no i honestly can because if you look at the way he performs Tactically, people question him tactically, but if you look at how he does against the big teams, he shows that he's got the tactical nows to do the job. My big issue with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer right now is, I said this on a previous podcast and people disagreed with me, so I went back and had a look. I said that you don't change a winning team. And if you look at the Liverpool side or that won the Champions League and won the Premier League, you can basically name their starting eleven every week, week in, week out, with maybe mm. the exception of, of one player. Right? Uh, so consistency and cohesion are key. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, for some ungodly reason, changes the team week after week after week. There is never a settled eleven, So you don't get cohesion. You don't get understanding. And, you, and the results don't come as a result of it. I always, I've, I've said it on a previous podcast, but the first game of the season, we spanked Leeds 5-0. Excellent result. Everyone was raving about he it. The following changes. games, he made three changes. St- a striker who started up, <laughs> up front at Leeds, out on the right wing, and brought in other people. And he's just like, why are you doing this? Just leave it alone. If you've got a team that works for you, leave it the, alone. Dan's got a point. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And that's why, for me, I'm not convinced that he... I think he can win a trophy, but I don't think he's the guy, if you know what I mean. He might win you a League Cup. And I think we, we spoke about on a previous podcast, he's the man that changed you from being average and underperforming to settled, and the next manager will reap the rewards of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done. Right, Okay. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've, I've got a cut in here. This, 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 this myth that Man United were average and underperforming. We had an average squad, but under Van Hole, we won an FA Cup and finished second in the league. Under Jose Mourinho, we finished second in the league and won a UEFA Cup and League Cup. Yes, they're not Premier Leagues and European Cups like Alex Ferguson won, 
But it was a completely different era. Half the teams in the Premier League now didn't have the money back then to compete with us when we were at our pomp. So it's a completely different ball game now. So anyone expecting Man United to be right up there just because we've got Ronaldo or we've got Pogba or we've got Fernandes, it doesn't work like that. You need more than a team. Me and Dan were talking on the previous pod. Hang I think on, but it was. you said United were up there for possibly winning the league this year. No, I said we finished <laughs> second and win an FA Cup. That's on the pod. But you that's go not good enough for a club like Manchester fourth. United, is it? Yes, but the times have changed. There are teams... No, it, it hasn't. It hasn't no, the, for the owners. Sure it hasn't for the supporters, the, the, not on the, the whole. Thing, it might not have changed for the supporters, but reality has changed. No, Manchester for the owners. City. I don't think it's changed for the owners. I, Manchester, I think the owners Manchester, top four Manchester United's owners don't give a toss as long as we're making cash. Champions as long League as we're covering about. the debt and they get their dividends at the end of the year, yeah. they do not care because they can sell everything, the history yeah. of it. But the bottom line is this league is far more competitive now than it has ever been and will continue to get more and more competitive the more money is poured into it. And it so shows United, what a big job Newcastle have got ahead of them to get yes, anywhere near so it. Man United can sign Ronaldo, but unless they sign another couple of world-class midfielders at the same time and they get a manager or Oli learns just to leave his best 11 out on the pitch... Alex Ferguson got caught criticising him himself when he turned around and he said, you've always got to start your best players. Yeah. Right. Let's, Management 101. I think we've done dealt with Man United. We've got about uh, eight minutes to go. Uh, and, and they won't sack Oli. And they won't sack Oli. You don't think so? Okay. I they've think they will. They've just given him a new contract. They, they won't. Um, yeah, have, they've just yeah. given him a new deal. They a new five-year deal, I think, if I'm correct. Right. They They're not going to sack him. I, I think they shouldn't sack him now, but I... I think a new contract for five years is brave. But I tell you what, if they do sack him, I would like Thomas Frank from Brentford to take the Man United job. He's got... He, he, do you know what? He, do you know what? That's a yeah. shout. He knows how to work within a structure because he's yep. proved that at Brentford. He plays fantastic football. He's yep. fantastic in front of a camera and in front of a microphone. And all the players seem to love him. What more do you want in a manager? There we go. Right. That's... Um, like that. All that was salty, wasn't it? Right. Let's... Uh, let, the last thing... I've been, all we will say is uh, we'll probably discuss FM22 another time, I think, uh, because of time constraints, because we haven't looked at the new version yet, and it's downloading now. How's it going, Dan? It's not, because I tried to download, and as I pressed download, my computer shit itself. All right, so you're going to have to, once we finish here, you're going to do it and then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I just tried to get in and you two throw, so I've unpaused it. Again. Okay, right. So, uh, Champions League. Let's look at the Champions League and where we are. I'm going to take a back seat. I'm going to go and put the kettle on. This is down to you two. What I know about the uh, Champions League, because uh, I really don't give a toss about it, because it's not the Champions League, uh, as far as I'm concerned. It should be the Champions Cup, and it should only be the champions and the holders go into it, as it used Amen to Amen to that. Now, I don't. I don't agree with this money grabbing bollocks that we have to watch. I don't. don't get it. I don't. That that again. It, it that creates the problem where Man United are happy to finish, or a club are happy to finish in the top four because they're guaranteed Championship Champions League football. That's bollocks. Sooner that's ended, the better. It's not going to happen. It's like we're going to get a two every two years. We're going to get a fucking World Cup because of that French twat. Carry on about the Champions League, gents. I'm going to go and put the kettle on. Yeah, so my main thing in the Champions League is I watched the, this week's games and um, I looked at the league table and I was actually a bit blown away in one of the divisions. The division that has Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff Tiraspol, of I think yep. that's Moldova, right? Yep. That's a fantastic top, story, isn't it? Top of the group. Joint top with Real Madrid, because two managed, wins from three. They managed to beat Shakhtar, Madrid... Okay, they lost to Inter Milan, but you've beaten Madrid in Madrid. You've beaten Shakhtar Donetsk, and a team from Moldova is ahead of Real Madrid and Inter Milan. What a story that would be if they get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it, listening to little stories like that. I think it's fantastic. The, the rest of the Champions League is, is pretty much how, how you would expect it to be. Chelsea and Juventus are challenging Bayern Munich are up there. Benfica are obviously making the most of a really poor Barcelona side at the moment. Uh, Man United are struggling at the moment, but that's... They will go through. We, we should go through. Um, it, it's just Red Bull Salzburg are, are Red, up there. Because... Red Bull Salzburg, uh, and in a group that I think when that group came out, everyone said that's going to be a fun group to watch. Turns out, don't bother. I expected Lille to do better. I really it did. It turns out Lille, Sevilla um... and Wolfsburg 
are all just there to shit the bed. So Ajax have surprised me because I'm not sure how much of a decent side they've got anymore or whether they've got a new batch of superstars coming through. But there, there are nine points from nine in Group C ahead of out, Dortmund, which have got... Sebast- Sebastian Haller just knows how to score goals. I know, right? Who would have thought Sebastian Haller at West Ham looked completely rubbish? Maybe uh, they can buy Yo Linton and turn him into a striker they, and all. They have signed a youngster called Anthony from, I think it was Santos. Might be yeah. Sao Paulo. Yeah, he, young Brazilian winger. He's, he's insane. Very, very good. Um, he's very good. He's going to be a name to reckon with. And I think they're quite comfortably top of their group, aren't they? I think, I think if they win their next game, they're through. As they're three Liverpool points. And Munich, I think the other yep. one is. They're three points clear of a Dortmund side with Bellingham, Haaland and Rayner, who we talked about on the previous pods. So <laughs> that tells you Red everything Paul, you need to the, know. The underperforming side, I guess, is, is Leipzig. Um, three games here, they've lost to Club Bruges, which is the one that you, you don't want to lose to. And that was at home. And then uh, defeats in smashed uh, for six by City and uh, lost to PSG with a, a messy double la Wednesday night. So that's... Um, th- yeah, th- but haven't Leipzig basically sold off their best players now? Haven't they? Is it, was, it, was it Canate they sold off to Liverpool? They have sold um, a few, but their squad is still... I- I think both of their centre-halves have gone because, wasn't it, Canate went to Liverpool and Uber Meccano went to Bayern Munich? Yeah, but their squad is still good. They still have yeah, a good enough it, squad. It's not the same when both of your centre-halves have gone. It, it's just not. Um, um, no, it's not. Liverpool. But you still have... They, they are doing the right thing, in my opinion. But they've gone after buying younger players in hope to rebrand in the future and be a better side, so... The big, the big shock for but, me um, is actually um, AC Milan, because AC Milan are, have really been doing quite well in Serie A over the last couple of years. They've been rebuilding themselves, um, but they've lost all three of their games so far. They are in a group with Liverpool and Atletico Madrid and Porto. And to be honest, the way Liverpool playing at the moment is ridiculous. Um, but to not even register a point from Milan, that's pretty poor. It, it yeah. really is. They just haven't. Just haven't got going. They just scored three goals. So and two of them was against Liverpool. So who do you think's gonna win it, Dan? Liverpool. <laughs> I could see a Salah. Liverpool PSG final, I think. Liverpool PSG. That's exactly what I was about to say. Can I you, think Liverpool uh, Liverpool too good. They're, quickly, they one word answer, yes or no. Is Mo Salah the best player in the world at this moment? Yes. Yes. For a man United fan to say that, that's going so well done, Brian. Well done. Uh listen. <laughs> Um, Dan, I've got a job for you next week and, and in the future weeks. You are going to, every podcast, you need to bring us the week's best moment of shithousery and describe it to us. I can do that. You are the czar oh, of I shithousery. shithousery. <laughs> you are the czar of shithousery. I Ryan, love some shithousery. I'll think of your homework for next week's pod. <laughs> I'll hey, come up with some... I've, I've, I've basically been running this pod for the last two weeks I get a week off alright <laughs> yeah. you're having you're having next week off are you no 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 I just meant from like doing yeah, any yeah. research and work I'm having the week oh, off so, so by, we'll come back next week and I, at the end of the pod I will tell you what your task is in, and that, and then you two have got to find, come we up with something from shit, me we need to get a shit housery jingle yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll get that sorted. <laughs> I'm on the case. Uh, listen, time's beaten us. Uh, uh, that, was a, a, that was good fun this evening. Um, we've got to go off and download FM22 beta version because, frankly, uh, there's a weekend ahead. And if anyone expects us to go out anywhere, do anything, you can fuck the fuck off. Uh, so we're on that note, we are going to literally do one. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Dan, thanks very much. Alvida Zane. Ryan, who is the sponsor that you're involved with that sponsors the show? The Proper Blokes Club. For more information, go to www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk. Dan, very quickly, who is the team let that you're... Let Us Talk Mental Health. At, on Twitter, is under, at Let Us Talk Mental Health. Um, at Let Us Talk underscore MH on Twitter. Um, we'll be playing soon. Keep an eye on it. That's how it's done, so that one take Finch doesn't fuck the end up. Ta-ra. Hold up. 